Good morning, I'm Charlotte Freeland from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, March 12th. In today's news, the DOJ seeks to build a large conspiracy case against Oath Keepers for the Capitol riot, and amid criticism for human rights abuses, China offers vaccine doses for all Olympic athletes. But first, the big idea. President Biden just signed his $1.9 trillion relief bill yesterday, and economics reporter Eli Rosenberg reports that we're already seeing its effects on the economy. Two airline giants said they will cancel tens of thousands of planned layoffs because of aid earmarked for them in the stimulus measure. Last month, United Airlines warned employees about 14,000 layoffs, but in a social media post, CEO Scott Kirby announced that Congress's new funding for airlines would allow the workers to receive their paychecks and health care through September. American Airlines said it plans to rescind notices it sent last month to 13,000 employees about upcoming layoffs. But in a note to employees, the company's CEO and president said those are happily canceled. You can tear them up. The $1.9 trillion stimulus package Congress passed on Wednesday was signed by President Biden on Thursday, and it delivers payments for middle- and lower-income households and expands unemployment benefits for workers. It also sets aside hundreds of billions of dollars for cities and states, school reopenings, vaccine distribution and testing, and other health care funding. Unlike previous stimulus efforts, Biden's relief package includes far less for companies, but it does include $65 billion directed to a range of hurting industries, including restaurants, aviation, live entertainment, and tourism. The bill sets aside $15 billion for airlines and airline contractors, which have struggled with sagging demand for travel during the pandemic. The bill also provides $8 billion to U.S. airports and over $30 billion in grants to other transit agencies, such as Amtrak. And that's the big idea. Here are two other stories that should be on your radar. Number one, the Justice Department and FBI are gathering evidence to build a large conspiracy indictment against members of the militia group The Oath Keepers for their roles in the January 6th Capitol riot. My colleagues Devlin Barrett, Spencer Hsu, Aaron Davis and Tom Jackman have reported that how aggressively the Justice Department pursues extremists will be a major test of the Biden administration's pledge to combat domestic terrorism. In the wake of the short-lived insurrection, the Oath Keepers has become the most high-profile, self-styled militia group in the country. While members use the jargon and trappings of a paramilitary organization, in practice, they're a collection of local chapters with conspiracy theory-fueled ideology about what they view as the inevitable collapse of the U.S. government. Twelve alleged Oath Keepers members or associates have already been arrested on charges related to the riot. People familiar with the case, who spoke on the condition of anonymity, say agents are working to see if a conspiracy case can be made against the group's founder, Stuart Rhodes, and other senior members of the group. Rhodes, who once worked as a congressional staffer for former Libertarian Congressman Ron Paul, was in Washington on January 6th, but insists he did not tell his members to attack Congress. The Oath Keepers members who allegedly went into the U.S. Capitol went totally off mission, according to Rhodes. Rhodes, a former Army paratrooper, started the Oath Keepers in 2009 with the stated mission of preventing a full-blown totalitarian dictatorship. 
and the group has emphasized recruitment among members of the military and law enforcement. By August of last year, the Oath Keepers had more than 30,000 Twitter followers and hundreds of thousands on Facebook. Both social media sites have since barred Rose from posting further, saying he incited violence. Rhodes and other Oath Keepers leaders heavily recruited members to come to Washington on January 6th. On a signal chat to regional leaders, Rhodes allegedly warned against risking arrest by bringing firearms, a violation of D.C. law. Rhodes also allegedly recommended participants wear helmets, hard gloves, eye protection, flashlights, and legal weapons. One post reads, Collapsible batons are a gray area in the law. I bring one, but I'm willing to take that risk because I love them. Rhodes has maintained that he was not at the Capitol when the siege began, but when he arrived on the scene, he tried to be a good leader and call Oath Keepers members to rendezvous outside the building where he could keep them out of trouble. Number two, China has offered to provide doses of coronavirus vaccines for Olympic athletes competing at the Tokyo Games this summer and at next winter's Beijing Games. Thomas Bach, president of the International Olympic Committee, made the announcement Thursday during the organization's virtual meeting. He praised China's offer as being in the true Olympic spirit of solidarity. When the Chinese Olympic Committee had offered to make the vaccine available, Bach said the IOC would pick up the cost of the shots. The offer comes amid heavy criticism aimed at China and the IOC over human rights abuses and the treatment of Uyghur Muslims in Xinjiang province. The U.S. government has said China's repression of its Muslim minority constitutes genocide. Some political leaders have called for the Beijing Games, scheduled to begin next February, to be relocated, and some human rights organizations have urged a boycott. The IOC has been careful not to criticize its 2022 Olympic host. The Chinese offer could be especially welcome in developing countries where vaccines aren't yet readily available. Olympic organizers have said athletes will not be required to be vaccinated to participate in the Tokyo Games, but have been encouraging all athletes to pursue vaccination where available. The situation is tricky for many Olympic governing bodies. Some have started vaccinating their Tokyo-bound athletes, but those that operate independently of their national government, like the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, don't necessarily have early access to vaccines and don't want to jump ahead of citizens with more pressing needs. But waiting until it's too close to the July 23rd opening ceremonies could leave athletes coping with possible side effects associated with the shot. That's The Daily 202 for Friday, March 12th. Don't forget to spring forward this weekend. I'm Charlotte Freeland. Thanks for listening.